2: And indeed, we are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship, and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. While you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. That's right. We are going to jump right into our fantastic conversations about business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We're going to kick it off with Dave Van Buscar, who is a financial advisor and former 10-year regional leader with Edward Jones Investment in Irving, Texas, just outside of Dallas. For the past 20 years, he's learned a thing or two about relationships. He's been a financial advisor with his company for 20 years, he's been married for 20 years, and has had some of those clients for 20 years. So, wow, a lot has happened in that period of time. Dave, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you very much, Shalom, very much for having me today absolutely a pleasure so
2: 20 is sort of your uh, your your lucky number at the moment and it's uh you you just got to keep uh you just got to keep that progression in all of those areas personally professionally relationships across the board so that's that's clearly working out for you so again thanks for joining us so you got started in business you've uh, you've been involved in a bunch of different different areas but you've caught the entrepreneurial bug not only yourself but in helping fellow entrepreneurs how did you get started in business
3: Well, I don't remember the exact day that it was, but I know I was uh, 13 years old, and I do remember exactly where it was. It was 88 Southside Drive in Owego, New York, in upstate New York. That was my grandparents' house. My uh, grandparents were talking about my grandfather's work. He worked at IBM for his whole career and they talked about their ibm stock that they were saving and i asked my grandmother if she would teach me a little bit about that and she sat me down i think my grandfather went in to watch the mets game that's what he normally did but she sat me down at at her kitchen table and showed me what they had done over the years that he was working at ibm they took advantage of being able to buy stock through the company And she showed me the power of saving a little bit every month, what that can accumulate to uh, the the power of compound interest, the eighth wonder of the world and staying with investing in good quality investments. So I I became interested at that time Uh, I went to uh, undergrad at Villanova University, I majored in finance wasn't quite confident enough to go ahead and become an entrepreneur right out of school. So I went the corporate finance route. Uh, But all along the way, I continued to study everything I could uh, about being a financial advisor, I did my uh, MBA at Elon University. And soon after, um, I was still in corporate finance, but then I uh, moved to end up moving to the Dallas area, met my wife here, and jumped on with, uh, with Edward Jones and uh, it's been the, the best thing that's ever happened to us.
2: You had a really good year 20 years ago. So but over the past 20 years, you've likely hit some roadblocks. some stressful times may not have all been as good as that uh, that, that 20 year mark when you met your uh, when you met your wife started in business and so on. So what are some of the challenges? We like to talk a lot about successes, but I think as we educate and inform our entrepreneurial audience, what are some of the challenges that you've overcome and, and how did you get through it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about challenges, it doesn't mean it has, has to be necessarily things that are quite severe, but um, all of us have, have those, but it might just be a challenge that you're having currently with uh, just a lack of confidence or it might just be a stressful time. But it, over the past 20 years, of course, we've had uh, the different setbacks in the economy um, personally, Uh, In there was just a few years ago, uh, my daughter was really sick and she had these terrible migraines and she was just finishing up high school and we couldn't get to the bottom of them. And she spent a long time in the hospital. Uh, That was was the biggest one that was recent. Um, And at the same time, two of my team members went on to become financial advisors, which is just wonderful. But, and then a couple uh, knee surgeries recently, and then my dad passed away just this past January. And uh, through it though, uh, we've put some things into place over the years that we've learned that have really helped us out.
2: Well, Dave, you've mentioned relationships. You mentioned uh, again, uh, your relationships with your your customers. Obviously, uh, I know family is very, very important to you. I know you have uh, three children Um, so you rely on relationships to get through, frankly, times like this, we're, we're living in unprecedented times. Um, so how, what, what advice would you share with our listeners in using relationships to sort of overcome challenges? Tell us a little bit about that.
3: So there's really three things that, that that our entrepreneurs listening today can, or, or anyone can really to put into place that we have found very helpful. And these are things that I've learned from family members, mentors, friends, uh, a lot from coaches though. We, we've been uh, we've worked with a lot of coaches over the years and there's a common theme uh, among what, what a lot of the coaches teach. But uh, the, these three things, what they can do is build confidence, build trust and deepen relationships, and also lead to serving more, more clients through your business. Uh, the first one is to, Spend some time thinking of three people that you're grateful for, and uh, th- that you uh, dealt with recently, or maybe dealt with in the past, and also three people that you're going to be grateful for because you know you're going to be talking to them tomorrow. Uh, this this is incredible for boosting your confidence. Uh, we've all done so much, and we are always uh, entrepreneurs. Have a tendency to look forward too much instead of looking back and recognizing the successes and with those successes, it always comes with, with relationships and people that mean the most to us.
2: Indeed, indeed, indeed. So you've given a lot of advice. You've talked a lot about your on entrepreneurial journey. Again, I've been chatting with Dave Van Buskirk, um, who has, uh, who has been a financial advisor, um, and, uh, and, in entrepreneur. Um, and might I add a bit of a relationship expert over here, clearly, uh, You've done all of those things in tandem over the past twenty years. So, what are some of? And you just sort of alluded to some of the things that you would recommend our listeners implement. But you know, it's it's uh, we're having this conversation Sunday night. What can people put into practice this week in their business or in their life uh, that can make a big big difference?
3: Okay, so two things. Number one, it, it might be difficult to think about writing down three things in the morning, uh, three things at night, and and being recognizing what you're grateful for, but just try to do one tomorrow and and see what happens. If you like it, do it again. But also I would say maybe more importantly, and this is what people need more than ever right now, especially with everything that we've been through with COVID-19, people are missing connections. And if, if you can slow down and just be a little more present with people and be more interested, instead of trying to be interesting, a lot of businesses don't do that and we we think of different interactions that we have with businesses that we deal with and it it is it goes such a long way and in in that being present is to show appreciation and express it and tell clients how thankful you are for the relationship that you have with them it it, it leads to so much goodwill deeper relationships and when when people have that kind of an experience, they tell people about you.
2: That's great. Well, Dave, we've covered a lot, and I'm marking my calendar for 2051. We're gonna we're gonna bring you and your wife on celebrate your 50 year anniversary and uh, 50 years <laughs> in business. So, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your work?
3: Thank you. There, there's uh, the the best way would be to simply go to EdwardJones.com type in, or if you Google edwardjones.com, Dave Van Buskirk, my page comes up, our email is there and our phone number, that'd be the the easiest way to get to us.
2: Fantastic. Well, Dave, you've shared a lot and appreciate your uh, guidance expertise. And I look forward to bringing you back uh, on the program um, real soon. Again, Dave Van Buskirk, financial advisor, former 10-year regional leader with Edward Jones Investment in Irving, Texas and uh, lots of great entrepreneurial advice. Dave, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
3: You too, thank you very much.
2: Absolutely, and we are are going to squeeze in a quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, ShalomKlein.com, where you can download podcasts from the past seven plus years. After the break, we will be joined by yet another entrepreneurial leader, and I encourage you get on your favorite podcast app, because not only do we air this program on AM560, you can also download all of those shows from your favorite podcast app, as well as my other podcast called We All Serve, where I interview military leaders. And be sure to check out our sponsors and friends of the program, Limo.com and HealthPlanChicago.com. That's with Tom Rabali. So uh, again, quick break, more, get down to business when we return. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am so excited to have Tony Ciappetta, who is the CEO of California-based Advanced Microcomputing Concepts, AMC Modern IT. And he's so passionate about that phrase, he trademarked it. Entrepreneur, I guess this is a theme for almost 20 years. It's been his mission to change the IT game to people first, instead of just focusing on fixing tech, tech problems. So, Tony, I know that there must be a story behind that philosophy. So, uh, Tony, welcome to the program.
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's fantastic to be here. And uh, we did try, uh, trademark "heartbeats, not hardware" because we are putting people first instead of turning screwdrivers and raid cars and and hardware. We're really trying to change and and uh, improve people's lives. Uh, well, if anybody I,
2: heard that, they think you are in uh, you are in uh, you know medicine or something like that. But you are you are fixing. You're fixing a lot, and that's that's so important. So. Tony, how, how did you get into IT, uh, for starters? Uh,
4: interestingly enough, I started my career as a garbage man. Uh, realized um, uh, how thankful I am now to, to be in, in air conditioning um, and got a, a good feel of what hard work is like, uh, but ended up going to college after experiencing uh, that for a brief while and then uh, came out of college with uh, a degree in business information systems. Got a corporate job for a couple years, uh, doing network administration, and then started AMC shortly after that when I was about 23, 24 years old.
2: So Tony, uh, again, I'm chatting with Tony Chiappetta, um, CEO of AMC Solutions. And uh, Tony, you're, you're skipping one piece of the story over here. My understanding is that when you uh, decided to get into business for yourself, you started cold calling directly from Yellow Pages. Probably some of our listeners have no clue what that is. So you are a true entrepreneur, so not only do you know uh, how, to, how to fix things, you understand the challenges of business ownership, and that's really where I want to start. So along with success comes challenge, and that's actually where I want to start. Tell us about the, the most surprising thing about being a CEO of a company, the biggest challenge that you've had.
4: Yeah, you know, the biggest challenge that I had is is going, so yes, I did start, a, uh, start the company with, with nothing really other than desire. Uh, and opened up the Yellow Pages, which is the phone book, and uh, just started going through and calling businesses. And finally, after about a thousand no's, somebody gave me a chance and said, you know what kid, you remind me of of myself when I was your age, I'm gonna give you a chance. Um, And he let me be his IT guy. And then that grew from one client to another. It was in the real estate market and we we went from one real estate company to the next. uh, As agents would leave and go to another real estate company, they'd bring us with us and make a recommendation. Uh, and it just—it all just started with working hard and, and treating people well. And it's amazing what happens when, when you do that, when you, when you just uh, stay honest and, and try and do what's best for folks.
2: Well, uh, you certainly are doing that. So you are in a relationship business. And yes, um, you do work with some machines as well. So tell us a little bit about your areas of expertise. I know it's, uh, you've come a long way uh, since getting started as a 23-year-old, um, and now you have professionalized. Um, You now have a team of people that you oversee and you have your areas of expertise and your unique value proposition. So what is it? What problems are you solving?
4: So when I started this company, um, I started just call me if there's a problem and and reacting to people's needs when an issue arose. Um, As I matured as an organization, we started adding different tools and softwares to manage IT, to secure people. Uh, we had antivirus, anti-spam, anti everything you could think of. We were doing network monitoring, network management, and and I had all of these tools. And I thought I was being proactive, but literally at the end of the day, I was just waiting for an alert to come through. And so over time, I shifted our thought process from instead of just waiting for alert, let's send people um, and create dedicated roles for people to be truly proactive, and start really getting to know our our customers and. Uh, no tool ever showed us how to set up a new user, for instance, and how to set up a welcome letter for them to, to get them acclimated to their new position and making an experience for them to join their company. And so putting time and effort into, um, into process that creates an outcome for people is where we started. And eventually, that took us to realizing you know, having all these tools actually leads you astray, leads you further from, uh, from having a focus on, on people themselves. And we started really consolidating our tools into uh, into one platform with Microsoft's modern uh, cloud services with Microsoft 365. Um, and we, we started realizing if we have less stuff, we can actually start training people how to use it. And we've turned our focus now from uh, just being a call me when there's a problem type of organization to having clearly defined roles where everybody knows what they're doing in our organization. Um, with with clearly defined training plans and and career uh, certifications and um, and career plans for everybody, uh, on our end, but it's all geared towards helping others uh, become more productive at work, right? So we're we're now in the business of consolidating our clients to have one set uh, of software platforms and have less stuff, and then and then we do training so that um, so they actually know how to use it, and that's something that's lost tonight. See, we get so caught up in hardware and security and and, and alerts and and things that uh, fixing printers, we forget that um, our core focus is really just to make people more productive. And we realize if we can make people more productive at work, we're gonna allow them to get a lot more out of life. And that's really driven our passion uh, as an organization. And once we unlock that for all of our people and they see that their goal isn't necessarily to fix this problem, it's to help people get more out of their life by making them uh, more productive, Man, everything just kind of started taking off, Shalom.
2: Yeah, I not know what it's all about. So you have practiced what you what you preach, and I know that you help to simplify things for your customers, um, but you have also simplified things uh, internally as well. So you are pretty clear on who your ideal customers are. You're serving organizations um, throughout the country. I know that you are uh, you're based in California. Um, so who is a good client for you, Tony?
4: So a good client for us is somebody that values their people. Um, somebody that it's not a bureaucracy or a dictatorship, somebody that's looking to empower the organization by making their people better. And and that spans all, all industries, whether you're a, a nonprofit, a municipality, uh, manufacturer, professional services, really it's all about those organizations that wanna impl- like create a strategy that helps their people um, do more and get more out of life. And typically, you know, our clients are between 40 and 80 computer-using people in our sweet spot. We go as low as about 20 computer-using um, client or, uh, organizations with computer users to about 500. Um, and, and we're even expanding beyond that because now we're seeing that we can work with large organizations and help, uh, help their IT departments get more productive. And, and oftentimes their IT people are just slammed with, with the day-to-day. And showing their IT organization how to how to start employing the same techniques that we have, so that they can have better lives, and then start training or start doing the same for their their staff.
2: Oh, wow, that's awesome. So uh, the entrepreneurial journey continues, and uh, obviously we're having this conversation now. We're getting close to the middle of 2021. So what are what's what's your plans? What's what's your five year plan? Where will AMC Solutions be? Um, so are the listeners that get down to business can follow and check back in in uh
4: 2026 yeah so we we've got our our three-year targets here that um we're going to be uh supporting a a base of of um of a certain number of of computer using people and inspiring and training them on a monthly basis everything we do is a monthly service we we realize we cannot just come in and do a one-time project everything's a cycle in it right and so we we want to make sure that we have um, a certain number of, of people that we're training every single week and showing them and delighting them with, oh, wow, I didn't know I could do that type of moments um, and and getting them to a point where they can work and see that work isn't a place you go necessarily. It's a thing you do and show them how that they can work from anywhere and be just as successful um, and be at their kid's t-ball game or uh, not miss an important event and still get that that file out for that presentation that they have in the morning and work with their team um, so that they're able to get the most out of their life.
2: A company that's about heartbeats, not hardware, and that is trademark. That's Tony an IT company, AMC Solutions. So Tony, you've shared a lot with our listeners. Where can they learn more about you, your company, and your IT services?
4: So you can find us at amcsolutions.com. That's our website. Uh, you get a chance to see our story and reach out and, and even schedule a meeting if you wanted to talk and share a little bit about your particular entrepreneur journey. I love sharing stories uh, and talking to others that are on the same journey. So uh, you can book a meeting with me actually straight from the website and I'd love to talk to anybody that's also uh, interested on in uh, helping their people be more productive and get more out of life.
2: All right, awesome. Well, thank you, Tony, uh, for joining us on the air. Be sure to check it back in with us as you uh, as you complete those three-year milestones. Very, very exciting. Tony Shapeta, AMC uh, IT Solutions. Appreciate your time. We're going to squeeze in the headlines, a quick break, pay the bills here on Get Down to Business. When we return, we'll be joined by more conversations all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, sheldonfline.com. to download podcasts from the past seven plus years. All about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Stephen Newman, who uh, who wrote a book. It's called A Failed Experiment. Where did that idea come from, Stephen? And welcome to the program.
1: Well, the idea came uh, came to mind when I had read a um, a piece written by a social psychologist who indicated that we're all born with a, an implicit bias. And uh, as a result of that bias, we are att- attracted to people that are like us and uh, we're suspicious of anyone uh, who's any different.
2: hundred have- percent. And, and, and Stephen, uh, really to, 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 to clarify, we're talking about race relations. We're talking about race relations and you are a student of history, as I understand it. So you have studied the past as a means of influencing the future. So how have events of the past influenced what we are going through right now of some of the race relations challenges that we're seeing throughout the country?
1: Right. And well, um, that that social psychologist uh, continued with uh, uh, an indication that um, we have an ability to um, surround ourselves with uh, people that are like us. And, and uh, if, if they're different, they, we become vulnerable. So uh, that's for a fancy way of saying that we're hardwired to affiliate with those who look like us and act like us. And then she she refers to the term, birds of a feather flock together. That was the basis (laughs) for uh, the idea. And and you wrote a book,
2: Um, so you are an author now. So what was that process like in writing about your study?
1: Well, it's, um, I've written a couple of books now uh, and I started off in college, um, and uh, was sitting next to a cute USC blonde, because I'm a USC graduate, and the professor I had uh, apparently tricked him into believing that I was a writer, so he said to me, we're going to send you to Cambridge, all expenses paid, but um, Mr. Klein, I I, I had uh, a choice: the cute little blonde or going to Cambridge. So I um, I chose the cute little blonde that I've been married to for fifty-three years. That's well, that's wild, and I know you are a CPA. So how has that uh, sort of process of uh, multitasking been for you? Well, it is. Uh, Originally, I started out as a CPA that represented talent and production companies in Hollywood. Uh, People such as Steve McQueen and uh, um, et al. um, were people that I represented and um, in, in those days, it was the wild, it was the wild, wild west because the studios were constantly moving monies around between uh, loser films and winner films. And I, and I remember uh, James Garner asked me, he said, Steve. I want this car, this red car, and uh, uh, I did a little investigation and found out that, uh, he had um, he had in fact acquired the car. The problem was the studio had charged him 37 times for the same car. Then eventually I. Uh, I uh, moved into controversy work, yes, representing foreign and U.S. citizens uh, in major cases with the Internal Revenue Service. So that was, you know, the last 20 years of, of my profession was uh, battling on a daily basis with the Internal Revenue Service. And during the course of those internal revenue service audits, I would often uh, write briefs or responses four to five hours a day. And that aided my process in, in, um, in the writing uh, issue. Uh, sure. I had actually, when I was younger, at that uh, class at USC, Uh, I had written a couple of pieces and uh, they were uh, published and Mm -hmm. they- Well, Stephen,
2: I'm gonna have to leave it there. Um, Stephen, we are just about out of time and I don't want to get cut off by a commercial without saying that folks can find a copy of your book on Amazon, Uh, Stephen L. Newman, uh, look up all of uh, his books. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the air. We'll be back in Get Down to Business in just a moment. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I am back with Charles St. Clair from Black Horizon Brewing in Willowbrook. And he has experienced the challenges of the pandemic firsthand as uh, income plummeted and was left to deal with some uncertainty facing uh, following the lockdowns, reduced hours, and, uh, and such. So, Charles, welcome to the program, a true entrepreneur, and a pleasure to have you.
0: I don't know about true entrepreneur, but thank you, uh, Shalom. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here.
2: It's crazy to think that we are having this conversation now a little more than a year uh, after the beginning of the uh, of the shutdowns of some restaurants, bars, breweries and uh, but now things I think we're on the uh, on the flip side of it. I think uh, you know many people have been vaccinated, we're starting to see some restrictions ease. So Charles, I wanted to talk about your your journey in business in general and how Uh, COVID-19 has sort of changed the paradigm and how you're developing a new normal. So, Charles, tell us first about Black Horizon Brewing.
0: Um, Well, Black Horizon Brewing was started uh, back in, well, the idea kind of popped up in uh, 2013, 2014 um, with my um, two business partners, Alex Stankis and uh, Kevin Baldis. And uh, Kevin is a, a teacher at Riverside Brookfield. And um me and myself, I'm a I'm a network engineer for a law firm downtown. So we the both of us have full-time jobs and uh, Alex is the uh, full timer at the brewery, so he's the head brewer as well. And very, very talented, very young guy, young guy, very talented, so happy to have him as a partner and Kevin as well. Um, you know, uh so we started out, I'd say we were we were a nano brewery. We had a two barrel brew system, so that's uh uh, that, that brews about uh, 60-ish gallons of beer at a time so Alex was uh, quite busy brewing some beer so now' we're <laughs> yeah. so yeah and, and we, at the time I think we had eight beers on tap at all times so yeah he was turning and burning uh, <laughs> So now we're, we're, we have an eight barrel brew system so we can big, brew bigger batches and and a lot less work for him to do and he has an assistant brewer uh Derek Plate that uh that works with him too so
2: Well Charles we always talk and get down to business um that obviously you are the subject matter expert when it comes to brewing but the reality is that like it or not when you uh, got started in your line of work you are now a, an entrepreneur and that's why I say that's why I said true entrepreneur you are now a business owner and that comes with the successes, but also the trials and tribulations. So, let's talk about the uh, the successes first. Let's talk about the the good days and how how those have been, and then uh, we'll we'll get into. I, I'm assuming probably one of the greatest challenges has been this last period of time. So, tell us about your team and 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 how things have been going. You know, prior to COVID, and and maybe now. Hopefully, things are going in that direction too.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah. We, there's there's actually seven of us on on the team. Me, me, myself. Uh, I'm sorry, myself, Kevin, and Alex, and uh, we also have uh, four um, part timers. So those are the and, and that's Derek is the assistant brewer and bartender as well, and then the other three are bartenders. So it's just a really really small crew. But but the the first um, the first two years it was just me, Kevin, and Alex working all shifts. We we were only open. Um, thursday through sunday just because we would have killed ourselves if, if we work uh seven days a week and it's, like i said kevin has a job i have a job so you know i'm leaving that job coming to the brewery to work and man, it was groundhog day and it was it was tough i mean those those first you know, two three years were, were tough just getting um the, the the brand recognition out there getting your name out there getting people to um, you know, rate your beers and um, uh, and just and just getting that fan base. And and a lot a lot of breweries open up and they they start out with a, um, a dist- distributing their beer, putting it out into market. But we we kind of didn't want to do that. We wanted to um, build our brand in house, so to speak. Have people come to the brewery, try all our beers, and then let the word get out there organically, and um, you know, kind of kind of create that. That demand so that they would go to um, their local bottle shops or Benny's and say, Hey, do you have me black horizon? And, you know, that that slowly started to happen. And it was, it was starting to happen really right up before, before COVID uh, we were, we were getting inquiries, phone calls, emails, Hey, can I get a kick of this? Can I get, you know, cans of that? And, and it was, it was, it was really starting to, to spin up and we, we were really happy about the, the success that we had.
2: Um, well, that's success if I've ever heard one, um, Black Horizon Brewing in Willowbrook. So, obviously, you know, you are in Willowbrook, but uh, but as you just said, uh, definitely interest being peaked um, all over the place. And uh, hopefully, you will be getting back to that point. And I know that you have uh, explored all of the tools, all of the resources, all of the programs uh, that are out there. And hopefully, uh, again, we're going to talk in a moment about what has worked for you. Uh, hopefully, within the interest of uh, teaching fellow entrepreneurs to take advantage and and sort of, uh, you know, that resilience factor of uh, overcoming some of the uh, some of the great obstacles and so on. So, uh, Charles Sinclair, I want to we're going to have to squeeze in a quick break, and I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can learn more about Black Horizon Brewing, um, both in person as well as uh, you know uh, ordering and and where they could find some of your products and so on. So uh, let's, uh, let's go there. Uh, Charles, how can people uh, find out more?
0: Uh, Yeah, we're at um, uh, www.blackhorizonbrewing.com. We also have a Facebook page. We have a a Twitter page, Instagram page. So, you know, we're on all the socials. So, or you can just come into the uh, tap room slash brewery at 7560 South Quincy Street, Willowbrook, Illinois, 60527.
2: (laughs) Awesome, 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 and hopefully people will start to feel more comfortable going out there. So we're going to squeeze in a quick break, Charles, uh, more about Black Horizon Brewing. When we return after this quick break, we'll talk about some of the programs we've taken advantage of. We'll be
0: right back. Standing by.
2: Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I've been chatting with Charles St. Clair from Black Horizon Brewing in Willowbrook. So Charles, you've been sharing uh, a little bit of the uh, Black Horizon story, um, but you and your team have taken advantage of several programs to help you overcome um, the challenges of COVID-19. Tell us a little bit about the resources you've utilized and have they worked for you? Would you recommend them to other entrepreneurs?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm no problem talking about that. We, um, we actually last year we took out an EP, uh, EIDL EP, economic impact disaster loan, um, which I, and and I have to say this to other, other, other business, uh, owners is incredibly easy. So easy to do it. Uh, you just, you just turn in your paperwork and the turnaround time on the, on the money being deposited in your bank is so fast. And, um, this year we, we took, um, advantage of the uh, second round of the PPP loans literally applied on Friday of last week and the money was deposited in the bank on Tuesday of this week so easy and then there's a forgiveness program for the PPP loans so if, if you, your payroll matches uh, the uh, stats they require for the forgiveness um, then that's just free money and these these are these are low interest loans. Uh, especially the EIDL loan. And if I went to a bank, uh, just a, a regular bank, one of the larger banks, they would have charged a much higher interest rate over a shorter period of time. So I'm I'm just extremely happy that those resources were available to us. I say, if, you know, the government is forcing you to shut down and and, and reduce your, um, you know, is reducing your income, then they need to compensate you. And they did a good job with both of these programs.
2: Well, that's awesome, and that's that's money that you're able to put into again the relaunch and growth of uh, Black Horizon Brewing again in Willowbrook, um, which is great. Uh, so, Charles, are people coming back into the tap room? Are people taking advantage of? Uh, no doubt, uh, I've seen some of the marketing um, and you know sort of the announcements of sort of you're you're open, you're there. Uh, are people taking advantage?
0: Yes, yes, they are, and, um, and and it's a good thing that they they announced that um, those that are fully vaccinated are don't count against uh, the capacity um, of of the brewery. You know, like the twenty five percent capacity that we're at right now. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't count against that. So now we can get more people into the brewery, and they are definitely coming out. The weather is beautiful. We have patio. you can sit outside, have some drinks. We throw open the garage door um we also you know we have some trivia going on too people are coming out for that so it's it's a real joy to see people um back in the space sitting talking enjoying i'm seeing people I haven't seen in so long and and it's 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 very comforting as a business so as soon as you know everybody gets fully vaccinated we, we can get back to normal
2: well it's a real joy i'm sure for people to be able to uh kick back and uh socialize and enjoy some of uh some of the products from your tap room. Uh so it's I guess the, the joy is mutual over there. So we want to encourage all of our listeners to shop local, get back supporting local businesses, and Black Rise and Brewing is certainly a very, very good example of that. So Charles Sinclair, how can people learn more and visit Black Rise and Brewing?
0: Well Well, for uh, friends and family of the the brewery, uh, we are at uh, www.blackhorizonbrewing.com. And we're also on all the social medias. And um, you can also, again, come into the tap room, uh, 7560 South Quincy Street, Willowbrook, Illinois, 60527.
2: Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I am excited to pay you guys a visit and uh, certainly encourage all of our listeners to, uh, to meet me over there. Join me uh black horizon brewing um and check out the website visit the tap room uh all about supporting local small business that's what it is all about so uh to success let's get down to business check out my website ShalomKlein.com. that's where you can download podcasts from the past seven plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship what a great lineup we have had today and uh come back sunday at 6 PM right here on am560 uh, for more conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, check out my website, to, uh to make sure you're subscribing to both of my podcasts. Follow me on Twitter. We'll be back next Sunday. Have a great week.